0: Side Action Podcast, the sports gambling show that covers everything in the world of sports betting from A through Z. We'll cover the four major sports, as well as anything and everything in between, worth some action, and we'll increase the size of your bankroll. And here
1: we go. Welcome to the Side Action Podcast, episode 81, the 12th of season uh, three. This is Jim Weglars, a.k.a. Weggs. You can follow me at Weggspool on Twitter and Instagram. And this is Steve Roberts, a.k.a.
0: Action. You can follow me on Twitter at 31SRoberts.
1: Follow the podcast the at Pod, on Twitter and also on YouTube. So, Action, you're mobile. You're here in Utah now, right?
0: Yeah, Utah today. We're uh, doing a little bit of a West Coast excursion here. We spent the last couple of days in Las Vegas over the weekend and got in a little bit of table games and football watching And then we kind of shifted our vacation mode into the more outdoors versions, which Melissa Mm -hmm. likes a lot better. We did some rock climbing yesterday and drove up to Utah this morning, and we're in the beautiful city of St. George, just across the border, going to do some more hiking and outdoor stuff next couple of days.
1: Cool. Cool. Another
0: remote studio here for Inside Action Podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're hitting all the states, man. You were in South Carolina a couple weeks ago, and... Now you're uh, in Utah, so worldwide. Maybe we'll pick up some listeners in there, I'm sure.
0: You yeah, know? of course. We're passing out coupons or uh, <laughs> coasters everywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, coasters everywhere. Coasters for anyone.
0: How are you so doing? How's awesome. the weekend? It's
1: been, uh, the weekend was fine. Um, not too interesting. Did try, you know, in Chicago, as I've mentioned before, there's the shutdown, and there's still outdoor, quote unquote, outdoor dining uh, in these igloo things, actually. Mm-hmm. They've got these kind of big blow up tent things. And there's also the igloo, and then there's the greenhouse. The greenhouse is actually a fixed structure that I've seen. I, I haven't been in the, in the greenhouse, but I went in my first igloo on Friday night. That was pretty nice. Cool. I got a little heater in there. It wasn't too bad. I haven't been in there, like, the last three days has been have been awful. A little snow yesterday in Chicago. Now it's kind of sleety rain. So it hasn't been that nice. It was kind of nice over the weekend. So, yeah, I got out. My daughter's in town now. Uh, you know, Sophia, first time since she went to college. So she's back and forth between her mom's house and here. And it's been nice to catch up. You know, she's all grown, got yeah. her fancy clothes on. <laughs> so that's been nice to see. And um, we're going to spend, like, the Thanksgiving holiday. We'll see my mom on Friday since uh, she'll my daughter will be by her mom tomorrow for Thanksgiving. So I'll just be watching some football. We'll talk about that. Only two games now, right? Um, and then uh, we'll see if I can get outside a little bit more than the last couple days. So
0: nice. Well, yeah. that sounds very enjoyable.
1: Yeah, right. we'll check it out. So, um, yeah. Well, anyway, let's jump into the episode. I mean, we obviously had, um, you know, a lot of stuff has been going on the last few days in the NFL, which is we can talk a little bit more about it here. Our COVID update. We don't have many industry updates these days. Um, you know, a bevy of players, I guess. We'll jump over Arizona as a free safety that's out. But the the big talk is Baltimore. Um, I had, when I did the list yesterday, it looked like four players from Baltimore. Pernel McPhee, who was a former Bear, the two running backs, D.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram, and then Brandon Williams, who was out with an injury but also is on the COVID list now. I just guess I want to jump into this. I guess I'm kind of confused. Like they're postponing this game to Saturday, from what I've read, or possibly, what makes the NFL decide to postpone versus just play the game? There's been other teams that have had multiple players out, haven't Mm -hmm. there?
0: Yeah, and I read Sunday. Is there Saturday or Sunday? Either way, it's Sunday. Okay. Yeah, it's
1: Sunday. I just didn't see if there was a time Mm -hmm. determined yet.
0: I believe I saw the game is going to be, fit into that 1 o'clock window, unfortunately. There's a, okay. like a bevy of games at 1 o'clock and only 3 in the afternoon. Right. So, um, right. But, I, you know, you may raise a really good question. I'm not sure why they decided to just simply postpone the game. Like you mentioned earlier in the season, the San Francisco 49ers were in a similar situation and had to play oh, yeah. on Thursday night against the Packers. So. I can only imagine that the Steelers got to be a little bit pissed off, considering now they've had their bye week taken away initially, and now their advantage against Baltimore is going to be definitely mitigated given the pushback. Yeah, I think
1: game. it was Ju- Juju who tweeted out. He's like, "Yeah, we got our bye week taken away, and then our primetime game, mm-hmm. you know, against the Ravens. I mean, it's obviously an advantage for the Ravens. I mean, going to the game tomorrow, you know, certainly was going to be a definite advantage for Pittsburgh if you know you're missing these players, but." Yeah, I guess, I mean, maybe it has to do with the facility. Maybe the facility was closed for two days. I don't really know. But I haven't been able to research, you know, what the NFL rules are, but it seems a little bit fishy to me. But um, Mm -hmm. some of the other players, you know, Bears player Eddie Jackson's on that list, a good free safety. Cleveland's got a couple of guys, defensive end Joe Jackson and Miles Garrett. I don't know if they're trace or protocol. And then I've got the Rams, Trent Brown, The offensive tackle was pretty important, and they already were down, uh, what's his name, Whitworth, and then Miami has Jesse Davis, an offensive tackle, and then lastly, your guy uh, Adam Thielen in Minnesota, so there's some bigger names on this list this week.
0: Yeah, it's definitely picking up in terms of the higher profile players, and I just saw DeForest Buckner before we jumped on here, the Colts defensive tackle, added to that list as well, so probably you know like we say every week it's it's Wednesday now as we're recording a day earlier than normal and right. certainly there's going to be more names that are added to this list between
1: now and then. That's right, true. Well, let's review last week first and we'll kind of talk about the impact of this going into next week or this week. Um so for week 11, you know, back to maybe a normal split, but the home teams are still kind of faring and better you know than early in the season. There were eight home winners versus six road winners. But the dogs did come back this week. You know, only five favorites covered in my my numbers this week with nine dogs coming in. So that's something. The over, the unders and overs are basically the same. It's kind of been a little bit shaded to the under. You know, six overs and eight um, six overs and eight unders. So anything on this list that kind of steps out on you this this week.
0: Well, I mean, I think we've hit on it many times before. The underdogs seem like they are really barking this year. And, um,
1: yeah.
0: you know, um, the home teams fared a little bit better than normal, as we've seen in weeks past where those road teams rise up a little bit. But um, nothing that I really glean from this. I think it's more at this point in the season, you're looking at your matchup numbers and how right. defensive lines fare versus offensive lines more so than any of these statistical trends.
1: Right. It seems like it's mostly evening out, except for the dogs they are still, you know, over on the season, definitely dominating. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Um, as we roll into the week, you know, positives I wrote down. I mean, the first one was Taysom Hill. We kind of we thought when we taped last week, I think we thought that Winston uh, James Winston was going to start. But, you know, obviously the man the man love uh, for <laughs> Taysom Hill and um you know, but the coach uh, Sean Payton is is noted, but he actually played really well. I mean, he played under control. He threw the ball fairly well. I mean, eighteen to twenty-three is a good percentage. Mm-hmm. But more off, more than that, he ran in two touchdowns and had fifty-one yards rushing. It was a big part of their offense, and they really dominated the Falcons in this one. Uh, I think it was twenty-four to nine was the final score. So they covered with ease. We were kind of looking at the Saints when it was Winston. I guess we should have stayed on him.
0: Yeah, yeah, Taysom Hill definitely played really well in that role. And I think I saw that Sean Payton was going around retweeting a lot of the uh, that Atlanta Falcons defensive players were questioning the move to Taysom Hill sure. and he was just rubbing dirt in their face, which I thought was hilarious. But, I mean, one thing that I'll say was definitely noticeable is that their red zone offense is a lot more dynamic with him under center. I think you mentioned it. He ran in two touchdowns and it certainly gives them a little bit more flair in the red zone when you have to account for Hill as the running back uh, runner.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with you there. Um, it does, you know, fantasy side, it lowers the value of the running backs. But, yeah, mm-hmm. it definitely gives him. I mean, it, and, and they look good. They look good. And, and But I will say I didn't put this as a positive. Kind of the handicap that we talked about last week, Defense is playing great. They really yeah. held down this high-flying Atlanta offense to nine points. That's that's impressive. I mean, it was really three field goals early too. It wasn't. They didn't do anything in the second half really, in this game.
0: Yep, that defense is playing very well.
1: Um, next one is your your guys your your Colts defense. You know, this is two weeks in a row now where they kind of flipped the switch in the second half where they played remarkably well in the second half against Aaron Rodgers in the Pack. And we we did pick this in the contest, but you know at halftime wasn't looking too good action. We were down, you know, what was it 28-14. Mm-hmm. Luckily the Colts just kind of dominated time of possession and kept the ball away and only limited Green Bay to three points in the second half and it did they did force overtime but the Colts were able to uh dominate this one in, on the defensive end.
0: Yeah, they played really well defensively, especially in that second half. It appears they made some adjustments going into the locker room. And I will admit that a few untimely Green Bay turnovers certainly helped the Colts to the cover in that one. You had not only MVS in overtime that gave the Colts the ball back, but just right. earlier in the fourth quarter, there was another big turnover by the Pack, which set up the Colts for another touchdown. So, I mean, when you look at the box score, though, it was pretty even. Rivers and Rogers both yeah. threw for about 300 yards, and i got to say they're right. pretty evenly matched teams.
1: They are, and that's kind of what the handicap was that, you know, obviously one and a half was the their favorite one and a half, and it did come down to the field goal in, in overtime. So your guy Blankenship, although he, he did miss one off the crossbar from 50. I don't know if you saw that one in the first yeah. half. I was kind of pissed at.
0: Yeah, um, how was a 50-yard field goal short? I can't believe he left that short.
1: I know. I mean, just doink, but, you know, whatever. They won the game. The next one I noted is the Raiders. I don't know if they have a formula to beat Kansas City, but they have been the team this year that has really shown that they can beat this team. They beat them once. They should have beat them on Sunday. I'm not sure what he's doing, at least John Gruden is doing to make this happen, but it took a very late drive by Patrick Mahomes in the final minute to win this game 35, 35, 31. And they did, of course did not cover the number, which we were talking about. And actually the contest, most everybody took the, Kansas City in this one so we we kind of game the game in that respect what do you think they're doing to, to make this happen
0: I mean they're just dropping back and throwing the ball against them Carr was excellent on mm-hmm. Sunday I mean I think he completed each of his first 11 mm-hmm. passes in the game and it's pretty clear that the Kansas City defense is not playing up to the level that we saw them last year which really I mean not that their defense was ever anything to write home about but they were certainly capable of stopping right. opponents, and um, it, the Raiders definitely have the script to do it. it there's got to give some credit to John Gruden, I think, as well.
1: Mm-hmm. It seems like if somebody was writing this. Uh, maybe it was, uh, it was ESPN follow-up or something. I mean, they decided to do the opposite of what a lot of teams. Instead of doing a grind-down method. And defense team, they're doing like we'll just score with them. They got a lot of speed on the field. You've got a, a dynamic tight end. You've got a really good running back. I didn't think Carr was capable of doing this, so he's actually showing up this year. But um, you know, they're just deciding to score with them. You know, let's 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 go toe to toe and try to outscore them, and they almost did it again. Well, let's look at the negatives now. Action, uh, you know, <laughs> this guy, and he's on both my fantasy teams, FYI. Carson Wentz, boy, he stinks. I I just don't understand. At some point you got to go to Hurts, right? I mean, he just he throws that lollipop pick six in the first half, which was really the only touchdown that that they could muster. I mean, the Browns against that defense, and then takes that terrible safety, you know, in the in the end zone sack, and really had two picks. One got reversed, but he had a pick late uh, to end the game. I just don't understand what's going on with him. Maybe, you know, you could blame the offensive line, but at some point you've got to start saying that this is a Wentz problem and not just Mm -hmm. uh, an offensive line, everybody else's problem. And not to mention, they didn't cover for us again in this one. Uh, You know, the Browns won 22 17. It really, like the stuff I was talking about, it's too bad. Philly was playing pretty good defense.
0: Yeah, yeah, they were. I mean, they held the Browns a -hmm. decent uh, total on that side of the ball. It was really all on Carson Wentz's shoulder and I think he's quickly becoming a turnover machine if he hasn't already been labeled that because not only the interceptions he I think he leads the league in quarterback fumbles Mm -hmm. and uh another five sacks against him this week which I don't think you can all put on the offensive line he's just holding on to the ball way too much and he needs to just get rid of it so I agree you and I were texting on Sunday it's probably time to look at Uh, Jalen Hurts a little bit and see if he can bring a spark to this team because they're certainly in the thick of the division race. Right, Uh, I think all all four teams in the East have three wins, so it's it's going to be an interesting race down the stretch.
1: Yeah, they're minus nine in turnover differential. I mean, that's just not that's not winning football, and you know they've lost two straight now. They you know, they're lucky, just the division's so bad. Uh, mm-hmm. But we'll see. It's all going to be, you know, on the field for the, you know, NFC East the rest of the way. So maybe they can turn it around. We were texting about this one too. We didn't end up going with this pick, thankfully. Uh, Tampa Bay, you know, was playing in primetime again, this time against the Rams. We kind of were feeling that the Rams, really, Jared Goff wasn't going to handle the pressure well. I don't know. TB12, man, I've been saying this for the last couple times. He can't play in primetime anymore. At least he hasn't this year. They're 1 and 3 straight up, 0 oh and 4 against the spread. If he gets pressure, which he has in the last 2 week or last two times out the Saints and now the Rams. I mean, he only completed 54% of his passes with 2 INTs. That's nine interceptions. Or no, sorry, five of his nine interceptions in the last two primetime games. It's just I don't know what's going on. It it could be coaching too, but I'm not going to back uh, Brady in primetime.
0: Yeah, I've heard a lot of folks throughout the media that I listen to say that, uh, Brady just can't play past his bedtime. And apparently (laughs) eight o'clock is his bedtime because I think you mentioned it. They're 0 and 4 now, Uh, straight up and against the spread.
1: Well, they're 1 and 3. They, they came back against the Giants, but they didn't. That's right. That's right. That's right. 0
0: and 4 ATS, which is what we're (laughs) counting on here on this podcast. And, uh, I, you know, I, unfortunately ended up on the Tampa Bay side on Monday night and that was a long game because you know on the other side Jared Goff was great I I admit I had the handicap wrong where the Rams would struggle against that Tampa Bay pass rush and they didn't whatsoever they dropped back they didn't even try to run the ball on Monday Goff was just slinging it on every play and uh, he played a great game
1: he played great. I think both the Rams receivers had over 100 yards receiving, if I'm not mistaken, Woods and Cup. and he was accurate. I mean, he had one Jared Goff moment where he threw a really bad pass to a screen pass right to JPP, but he played well. Um, so, I mean, they're they're definitely in the mix. I mean, that NFC West is definitely the class of the NFL this year. I mean, they have really good teams, so we'll see how that you know, fares out as they play in their division schedule coming up. Here's one that we didn't do well. Uh, and I guess, you know, I was always on Miami. I've been on Miami for a while, but Tua played badly in Denver. I don't know if it was the defense or what. He completed 11 of 20 passes for 83 yards and he got, he got the hook in this one. Yeah. The game was pretty close. Um, but they couldn't come back. They lose 2013 outright, which one was one of our picks on Miami. So at least Flores had the guts to go to Fitzmagic to try to win the game because they're in the thick of a, you know, they could still win the AFC East. This, this was a tough loss for them.
0: Yeah, yeah, terrible performance by Tua. I didn't catch most of the game, but I I think we did text about Tua getting the yank. And I think that mm-hmm. really says something about Coach Flores and having the guts to do that. And I, I, I suspect that the team will really rally behind that. I'm sure they're going back to Tua this week. Although I haven't read that for certain, but I think that uh, a lot of the players on the team will respect that move, and I imagine that Tua will probably bounce back from that performance.
1: Yeah, I mean, he can. He's got to learn take his lumps. And then the last one is Anthony Lynn. I, I know we've been beating this guy up all season. I hate to beat up on the guy, but I did not bet this game. We didn't end up going down this road, thankfully, again, chasing the Chargers, but this team cannot cover a spread man. it was 31 to 13 in the third quarter I think it was like 24 to eight and then 31 to 13 or something like that. So they had these big leads and it's not that they lost the game outright but what the hell were they doing with the with the crazy safety situation and then they end up only winning by 6 or 4 The number was eight and a half in the contest. I saw eight or nine it depend on where you got it from the book. This is a crusher. I mean, the guys just – you can't you can't back them.
0: No, and I mean, if you look at the box score, they should have won by like three touchdowns, 376 yards yeah. to 292, oh, yeah. and you subtract off 40 for the safety at the end, so it could have looked right. a lot more lopsided. And uh, I agree with you. I think it just comes down to coaching, and you certainly cannot bet on this team laying a big number. There's no doubt about that. I think they could be a little bit more attractive in underdog situations. But, um, mm-hmm. wow, losing the cover against the number two Joe Flacco led Jets team who are, are actively trying to lose, I might add, is a really tough right. one to
1: swallow. Right, right. You're Jets, man. I, mean, I, I should have backed the Jets, this guy, the Jets guy. We finally I came off of them, it. but you know, whatever. <laughs> I know I tried. I tried. Well, let's talk about the actual injuries in the league besides COVID. There's a ton of them. Uh, I I don't know, since it's early in the week, we don't have a lot of practice reports, but I decided to list the big names here. You know, Kyler Murray's got this shoulder issue. He'll probably play. He's listed as questionable in that game. But Julio Jones, hamstring questionable for Atlanta. You know, he's key to that team. So we'll talk about that game a little bit. Joe Burrow, unfortunately, ended his season tearing his ACL and MCL. So he's out for the year. Uh, it looks like Cleveland's Denzel Ward a corners out. I um, didn't put his injury actually. Um, I'm not sure what that one is, maybe ankle. Mm-hmm. And then your guy Stafford still kind of banged up with that thumb. He's listed as questionable. His whole offense is questionable. You got DeAndre Swift his uh, concussion, but Galladay got ruled out today, didn't he, with his yep. hip? So he's Correct. not playing tomorrow. Paris um, Campbell, he's out. You know, MCL. I don't know if it was a tear or not, but he's on the IR. You've got um, – I put this for the Raiders. It should be LVR. Um, the the Raiders lose Richie Incognito this week uh, with a foot injury to the IR. So he's a big part of that run game. And then you've got guys in New Orleans. You've got Marshawn Lattimore. He's got an ab- uh, abdominal thing questionable. Big Ben, which I guess this kind of helps them that they're not playing tomorrow. I put this on for this, that he had a quad injury questionable and Juju uh, Smith-Schuster, Smith-Schuster, his toe is questionable. Um, and then, you know, a couple more. Bo Scarborough for Seattle, his, he's out. So I don't even know who's going to run the ball up there. And then Tennessee, I don't know if you saw the injury that Jan Brown, you know, dislocated his elbow. That was horrible. And then lastly, Washington, who is playing tomorrow. Terry McLaurin, their excellent wide receiver, has an ankle issue. So, I don't know, we can talk about, I guess, how this impacts some of these lines, but there's a lot of big names on this list, Action.
0: Yeah, yeah, certainly some major impacts this week. I think the two big ones are uh, Joe Burrow, obviously, going out for the Bengals is going to be a huge blow to any ability they have to cover numbers, and then, Mm -hmm. as well, some of the Lions skill position players, I think, are a few names that jump out at me, with Swift and Galladay, not likely to play, so. Right. Definitely major impacts this week. A lot to consider.
1: No question. So, as we get into the previews, and I didn't change this, week 12 previews, um, you know, how does the contest work? I mean, I'm not saying we're going to go with games tomorrow, but it's a little bit unique. And when there were three games, it was maybe a little more intriguing, but you'd have to get your picks in before kickoff on. Any of the Thursday games to include them, or how does it work? Do you know how that works? Yeah,
0: yeah, same rules. If we chose to use any of the two games, now thankfully uh, we mm-hmm. do have the option of sliding in Baltimore and Pittsburgh. We would have to put in all five picks before kickoff tomorrow. So um,
1: okay. we so can it chat means on we'll them. Stay off these games.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that too. I mean, I definitely have a lean in the second one, but I don't know that it's strong enough yeah. to play them.
1: Sure. Well, for our listeners, let's talk through the first two games that are still on the plate. You know, it's Thanksgiving. Everybody's watching football, eating turkey and, you know, pumpkin pie. So the first one is a kind of an interesting matchup. Houston, uh, who got the win against outright against New England last week, is going to Detroit, who's banged up. And Houston opened as a two point favorite on the road. Fifty two point total now in circuits, three point favorite, fifty one and a half point total. When I first saw this number action, I'm thinking, what the hell are they thinking here? Because Detroit, they play well on Thanksgiving. It's just kind of one of their things, even against anybody. But if we don't know if Stafford's playing or he's banged up, you got no galladay and you got DeAndre Swift who probably will play, but he might be a game time decision. I guess that, that explains the line then, right?
0: Yeah, I think it's all about the injuries for the Lions here, because I agree, when it first came up in it was listed at Texans minus three. It kind of raised my eyebrows, too. But uh, I definitely sure. don't really have much interest in this game whatsoever, given all of the Lions missing pieces.
1: Right, right. Gotcha. Yeah. Second game, kind of interesting, Washington against Dallas. Now, Dallas, both teams won last week. Shocker. Is this like the mm-hmm. first week that two NFC teams, NFC East teams have won in the same week? Could be. That's likely. Um, <laughs> Uh, so Washington had a big win, and then they're on the road here at Dallas. Of course, the traditional game in the afternoon. Dallas Open is a two-point favorite with a 47-point total in circuits, two-and-a-half points at home with a 46-point total. Dallas played great against Minnesota. They knocked me out of Survivor single-handedly because Minnesota's defense stinks. Um, and usually Dallas is okay on – on I don't think they're great on Thanksgiving, like Detroit, but um, – mm any interest in Washington here I, I love their I like their defense but Dallas is playing much better defensively aren't they
0: yeah yeah I, I would probably have a lean to Dallas actually especially at mm-hmm. two and a half I think that Andy Dalton came back and played well last week and um, you saw Zeke go off for a hundred yards against a pretty decent Vikings defense so
1: mm-hmm.
0: I would probably have a lean to the Cowboys in this one um happy to play against Alex Smith
1: as well on the flip side right it's interesting you know again like by the numbers it's hard to figure out with this team you know the Cowboys were so good offensively early in the season and that's almost flipped right they their defense has played markedly better in the last four weeks I do like how the Redskins played last week against Dallas maybe it was a, a beat up I'm sorry Detroit uh, maybe it was a beat up team but they played a lot better and they look good McLaurin for me if he doesn't play, then I'm all over this number at, at uh, for Dallas, for sure. Yeah. Um, the last, the next game, I guess we'll just move to the, eight, the 1 o'clock window, is the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game. This is the second match of the season at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh opened as a three-point favorite at home, 45-and-a-half. That was supposed to be played primetime on Thursday, now moved to the 1 o'clock window on Sunday. It, circa has it at four, four-point um, favorite for Pittsburgh, 45-point total here interesting you know we've, we've talked about this game a lot in past seasons traditionally this sticks around that three three point number so circa's making a decision here to push it past the three I don't like the Ravens but the number' really intriguing what do you what are you thinking
0: yeah I agree it's a it's a tough position to be in because you know on the surface you have to look at Pittsburgh and they did win the first meeting in Baltimore this season. They've got the undefeated mm-hmm. record coming in, and the Ravens are not playing very well, especially on offense right now. Right. And uh, the last time we saw Baltimore, they laid an egg on Sunday night against the uh, Patriots. So, they did. Um, I, I definitely feel like that Pittsburgh is the side with the advantage in this game, but it's hard to lay four points. I mean, you got to expect, even without the two running backs, that Gus Edwards is going to be involved pretty heavily. and. Yeah. Um, I'm sure the Steelers will have a similar game plan trying to shut down the Ravens' running attack and make Lamar Jackson throw the ball. But mm-hmm. if you look back at the box score in the first game, Baltimore actually do- pretty well dominated them in the yardage department. And I think they it was did. a little bit of a misleading final score. So having said all that, well, I think the was, values got to turn- be the Ravens. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah. Four, 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 four turnovers for Lamar Jackson in that game. I think that's why they lost the game. So we we talked about that against the Steelers. He has turned the ball over. But you're saying you would lean Ravens over Steelers. But are you thinking stay away for the contest?
0: Yeah, I think it's probably a pass just given all of the unknowns. how I mean, we don't even know who's going to be out there on Sunday. So it's hard to pick a team right. where sure. they could be missing a number of players by game time.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, if we find out Ben doesn't play, I guess I'll I'll take that take the plus four <laughs> for Baltimore, yeah, right? Certainly. Um, yeah. Here's a game that's intriguing to you, of course, the Titans, who they actually beat Pittsburgh. They beat um, the Ravens in overtime last week, really big game. Going to the Colts. This is one of those division games they played just a week and a half ago, right, or two weeks ago mm-hmm. tomorrow. Yeah. And in the second half, the Colts dominated to win this game. They opened up as a four-point favorite at home, fifty-point total in the contest. It's three points for Indianapolis, fifty-one point total. I want to. I'm, I'm not going to say anything. I want to hear what your your take on handicap on this game is so far.
0: Well, uh, I I like the Titans. I was mm-hmm. really hoping that we could get a little bit of a hook or even a four in this one. I think it opened at mm-hmm. four and a half, even at one or two books, but. Uh, clearly you've seen some money pour in on the Tennessee side this early week, and I think that's for good reason. They um, Certainly, at least in the beginning of that game two weeks ago, Thursday night, they had the edge. I mean, they were winning at halftime, and in the opening drive, if you recall, they had drop-back passes. They were kind of foregoing their standard run game, uh, Mm -hmm. shading to the run game, and I think that is the recipe for getting at this Colts defense. And I hope that Art Smith and company will have a bit better game plan this time.
1: Yeah, it think? seemed like uh, this. Well, let's. I don't know if you. I watched that Ravens game, Ravens Colts game last week quite a bit. Early in the game, I, and I know that part of it is you know it's a stout Ravens defense, not as good as the Colts defense by the way against the run, and they just were kind of going away from Henry, you know, and then it's just kind of. Let's see if uh, Tannehill can connect with Brown or whatever. Later in that game, they just were pounding Henry. Now, the Colts obviously have played really well in the second half, the last two weeks, mm-hmm. and it's adjustments. The only concern I guess I would have is that I do think, you know, I, we know Rivers and his turnovers and stuff kill, kill the handicap. It's just, you know, will they go away from that running game? I, I they got to commit to it and stay with it, I think, in the – When they played in Tennessee, it it felt like they got away from it again when they got down a little bit. So it may be a stay away for me, but I I think I'm on your side with the Titans here.
0: Yeah, I mean, certainly have the revenge factor, too. And I'll add that Phillip Rivers is dealing a little bit with a banged-up toe. I heard him say on Monday in the presser that he could barely walk when he woke up on Monday morning because of Mm. this toe issue. So. Um, if the Titans are able to stop the Colts' running game and make Phillip Rivers beat them, that could be another advantage on their side as well.
1: Okay. The next one is interesting, Carolina against Minnesota. I'm guessing this is because of Teddy Bridgewater it didn't have an opening number. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it looks like it's four in the contest for Minnesota. Um, it's a really interesting line here, action. I'm seeing. Let me just see the total that I saw. Let's see here, Panthers. I'm looking at like a 50 and a half point total, at least what, what I saw. I guess at Rivers. Now, this is a weird Minnesota team, and and Carolina's strange too. It's hard to predict. Last week they played excellently. You know they, they dominated in that game. Um, they won easily. Um, so I'm not sure who to believe. Who's gonna Who's gonna show up for Carolina? Because they've looked kind of crummy. the two weeks before, before they played great against the Chiefs, and then they played great last week. Minnesota, mm-hmm. they they let me down personally, obviously playing, a, I think, a, an improved Dallas defense. I don't think Carolina, Carolina's defense is all that great, but should Minnesota really be favored by four points right now?
0: No, I don't think so. Not certainly uh, going on to the – oh, no, this is a home game for Minnesota, rather. Yeah, it's home game. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know – they're going to be without Thielen, it, for all intents. Yeah. It looks like that Thielen is going to miss with COVID, and I'm reading that Coach Rule expects Bridgewater to play on Sunday, but yeah. they're still going to be without C-Mac, Christian McCaffrey. Sure. And uh, I think that I like the Carolina side in this game. I I don't expect that the Vikings' offense will be able to line up and run it like they have been in weeks past. They're missing right. a couple of offensive linemen. It, um, it looks like that tackle Ezra Cleveland and on the tight end Irv Smith is going to be limited so Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that uh Dalvin Cook will be able to just line up and run it against them like he has in weeks past
1: yeah yeah it's just uh it's it's can Minnesota's defense play any you know do anything and they Mm -hmm. last week they were terrible you know they were getting crushed so can you know Carolina run the ball effectively and kind of mix in the play action game We'll see. I would like to know if, if Bridgewater is going to play. That would probably influence us quite a bit in this one. Sure. Um, let's go to the next one, Cleveland and Jacksonville. Cleveland is at Jacksonville. They were opened as a six-point favorite on the road, 47-point total. They're up to a six-and-a-half-point favorite uh, in the contest, 49-point total. First of all, how easy is Cleveland's schedule this year? Garbage. <laughs> this is why I had them in the playoffs. I, now when I keep looking at it, every week they've got – terrible opponents besides the ravens and steelers um six and a half points on the road huh i mean they should dominate jacksonville theoretically right i mean jacksonville doesn't want to win it's a lot of points though uh i'm not gonna back jacksonville but i don't know if i can back cleveland either
0: yeah and uh it came out today that mike glennon will be suiting up as the starter for the jags so thank
1: thank you for bringing that up i forgot
0: round and round we go on the quarterback carousel (laughs) And right. uh, I don't really know what to make of that, to be quite honest. He's, my gut tells me that he's going to be a slight improvement over Jake Luton, okay. but uh, still don't think that is going to get me to the window with the Jags here. I think it's going to have to be Browns or Pass.
1: So I mean, and I you you know you follow this better than I. You know if it's got Joe Jackson and Miles Garrett who are on the list, are they just traced or are they out like IR kind of situation?
0: I believe that I don't know for certain that he's tested positive, but I'm fairly sure that Miles Garrett is out for okay. certain this weekend. Um, I'm not a I'm not sure about Garrett though. Okay. it's a name that I I don't know much about.
1: Yeah, it's just you know to me it's kind of like uh, I mean Glennon's a statue. I saw him in Chicago. Mm-hmm. You saw him here. But if they don't have a pass rush, he'll be fine. Right. You know, right. and they do really feature the running game, and I don't know how well the Browns stopped the run, but yeah, it's just a pass game for me. Actually, I, I, you know, it's love to jump on board, but Jacksonville has covered a couple numbers two weeks in a row now, right? They covered it yeah. at the pack, and now at, at um, who was last week? Shoot, I'm blanking. They, yeah, they was it, oh, damn it, I can't remember now. Did they play
0: they, this last week, or were they on by?
1: No, I thought they did. Maybe I'm. Smoking it. Sorry, America. Pre-Senior moment apparently. Uh, they
0: got they got beat by the Steelers.
1: Oh, that that's be, right. Yeah. They didn't cover. That's right. They got crushed by the Steelers. Hence the change. So I guess last week they got beat. That was a really good defense. So all right. Mm. Okay, next game. Uh we've got the Giants at Cincinnati. Uh Cincinnati opened as a two and a half point favorite. It's probably before the Burrow injury. Forty-five point total. Now it's flipped all the way to 6 point favorites for the Giants on the road 43 point total. Whew. You know when I first saw this game I just like America here was thinking, "Oh, I'm going to I'm really ready to back the Giants, you know? I mean, they're playing better. 6 points, come on." I mean, it's a smart line. It's going to make you pause on the Giants, but can you you can't back Cincinnati here, can you?
0: Well, initially, I was ready to line up and go push all my chips in against Cincinnati <laughs> because I thought Ryan Finley was going to be the starting quarterback. But
1: right. then I
0: heard today that they've got this guy, Brandon Allen, who is okay. going to be starting over Ryan Finley, and that gives me a little bit more hope for their ability to cover in this one. I mean, the bottom line is that the Giants are not a football team who should be laying six points on the road against no. anyone. And I agree. I, I don't think they're capable of getting margin, so right. I think that if we're going to be picking this game, it has to be the Bengals, as ugly as it might seem. I think it's going to be a defensive slugfest a bit, total 43, and I think that as the number, the total might dip a little bit more heading into the weekend, that six okay. becomes even more valuable.
1: Right. Would you have the Stones to do it in the contest, though?
0: I think so, yeah. Okay. I mean, we can see where we get down the line here, but... I, I certainly think that the Bengals will be a contrarian play for yeah. this week's contest.
1: No question, <laughs> no question, contrarian. Okay, well let's let's keep it as a maybe then. I mean, it's it's makes sense. The logic makes sense. Here's another one: Miami, who opened up as a seven-point favorite on the road, the Jets are forty-six with a forty-six-point total in the contest. It's the same number, seven-point favorite for Miami, forty-four-point total. Uh, you think that two is going to start? That's the theory. You know, I've been back in Miami quite a bit this year, like them. This is the game I'm worried about action. I know it sounds stupid, but the Jets are going to win a game. I promise you they're going to win a game this year. And I think Miami's the better team. There's no question. But I'm, uh, you know, a dog at home. This is like their last stand, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's definitely a tough spot for the Dolphins, too, traveling out of Denver, heading back east um, for a division game. Uh, Like you mentioned, though, this is going to be a huge game for the Dolphins to keep their chances alive in the division. And knowing Coach Flores' history, I don't expect he's going to allow them to have a letdown here. Right. But um, seven is definitely a little tough. I was really hoping to see a six and a half and I'm going to hold out for one personally and jump on the Dolphins at six and a half. But I can see where we might have some pause here for a contest pick.
1: Yeah, it's just, you know, I look inside the numbers a little bit. The Dolphins' offense is pretty bad. I mean, they're 29th in yards per game. Of course, the Jets are the worst, 32. And what's weird about the Dolphins, we talk about their defense quite a bit. They kind of doing the, and obviously it makes sense because Flores came from New England, they kind of do the bend, but not break. I mean, they're 21st in yards per game against, but they're somehow fourth against, with points against. It's classic, you know, New England style give up all the yards, but get tough in the red zone and don't give up points. It didn't work last week, right? Um, especially because they couldn't score. And that's kind of what I'm looking at their totals that are, you know, they don't score a lot of points, but they kind of survive on those turnovers and those extra plays like we talked about. If it was Fitzmagic, I'd actually feel a little bit better about it just because I think this road spot, even though the Jets are crummy, it's still a division game, right? And they haven't played a division game in a, in a minute. You know, they haven't played anybody in the division since, I don't know, maybe maybe mid, mid-October or something. So I'm not saying I'm back in the Jets, but I'm definitely not all over the Miami here.
0: Yeah, I mean, the you mentioned it, but the way to get after that Jets defense is through the air. Thirty-second ranked against the pass, and I'm not sure that Tua is quite set up to do that just yet. It does look like he's nursing a thumb injury on his throwing hand, though, which I wasn't aware of. So okay. that that could be a little factor going into Sunday between him and uh, Fitzmagic.
1: Maybe that's why he got pulled. Um, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right, next game, intriguing uh, Vegas. The Raiders go to Atlanta. They opened as a pick, uh, 56-point total. Now they're up to a three-point favorite on the road, 55-and-a-half-point total. I know you got your Raiders hat on or you went to Vegas to get it (laughs) because you love this team. Atlanta didn't play well last week, and I think that Julio definitely um, is a factor for this. But I don't don't like the Raiders minus three here. I like Atlanta, and I think – it's not that I think Atlanta's a great team. I just think the Raiders' defense isn't that great. So I think Atlanta can score, and I think they'll be able to keep up. Um, what do you think? I
0: agree. Full agreement here. I love Atlanta as well, especially at this number. Getting three at home against the Raiders is uh, certainly pretty serious value. Right. And the, actually, quietly, the Atlanta defense, for as bad as you might seem think they are, seem – their rush defense is actually quite good, 10th yep. ranked in DVOA against the rush, and that's where the Raiders really like to set the tone in matchups. Mm-hmm. So I think that Atlanta might be able to hold down this Raiders attack a little bit, get them off the field, and then, like you mentioned, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Ridley are certainly going to have success against that Raiders pass defense.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: you can count me in for that one.
1: All right, let's 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 put that in. Put it in green. Put it in green action. We got All this
0: right, Gre- green it is. Green <laughs> for
1: cash. All right, um, next one, a lot of 1 o'clock games. As we said, Arizona's going to New England. Uh, New England, um, Arizona opened as a one-point favorite on the road, 48-point total. Another up to two-and-a-half-point favorite in the contest, 49-point total. Obviously, I'd like to see Kyler Murray, if he's playing or not in this one. New England, as you kind of predicted, put up a stinker last week. They just kind of sucked on the road against a, a good passing attack in Houston. If you've got Murray at the helm, two seems reasonable, but this team isn't great at, you know, I mean, I don't know. Like, they haven't played great the last couple of weeks. Their defense isn't that great. I guess what I'll ask you is, what's Arizona's rush defense? Because New England, that's all they want to do is run the ball.
0: Yeah, that is a great question because I think that is really going to be the matchup in this game. Mm -hmm. If that Arizona defense can do anything to stop Cam Newton and the Patriots attack, I think that they cover this number easily. Right. Right. 13th rate against the pass and 14 against the run. The Cardinals
1: middle, Middle. not bad.
0: Pretty much dead even, but I think on the other side you've got an Arizona offense that has been playing a lot better of late. Mm -hmm. Kenyon Drake came back and looked really, really sharp last week, Mm -hmm. and I think that uh, this New England Patriots defense is very porous against the run. So I expect that Kyler Murray and his compatriots in the backfield are going to be able to have a heyday against them, and I really like Arizona
1: even on the okay. road. Okay. Okay. So what if? So what if we we got to make sure that Murray's going to play though, right? Sure.
0: Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, he was nursing that shoulder throughout the second half on Thursday night. and he continued Continue to forge on. So I fully expect him to be out there.
1: Okay. Great. Well, we'll put that as a as a as a yellow. That's the maybe, everybody. <laughs> All right, here's an interesting one. Chargers, Anthony Lynn, going to be fired soon. Uh, going to Buffalo, um, you've got Buffalo as a six-point favorite on the opener, 50-point total. In the contest, they're five-and-a-half-point favorites at home, 53-and-a-half-point total. Look, McDermott's lights out, hands down, a per- thousand percent better than Lynn in, You know, as a coach. I don't love this number, though. It's pretty big. You know, Buffalo hasn't played great defensively. The Chargers will score in this game. So I do like the total. I mean, it's gone up, obviously. I kind of like the Chargers. I, I don't want to back them, man. I don't want to back <laughs> these guys. But, God, like it's like every week it's the same thing. I, I just – five and a half as a dog seems pretty good for the Chargers.
0: Yeah. I had the same emotions that you did looking through (laughs) this game today, and I totally agree that number just screams to bet the Chargers, but then you got to think about Anthony Lynn. It's like, do I really want to back Anthony Lynn, especially against McDermott, who has shown that he and the offensive coordinator, whose name escapes me, Dayball, Mm -hmm. have shown the ability to change up the game plan week after week to go against their opponent, and uh, the coaching advantage in this game is massive mm-hmm. for the Bills. Um, I will add in here before we move on, though, I love the over. I think that yeah. this Chargers passing attack has shown some serious dynamic this year. And uh, going against the Buffalo Bills defense just screams points. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think that over 53, 53 and a half now is a slam dunk. And I certainly think we should keep a maybe on the Chargers, if you're open to that.
1: Yeah, I'm open to that. I th- I think I've got it on my list, so it's definitely one I am will consider for sure. Put that as a yellow. Um, I mean, it is that classic 1 o'clock spot on the East Coast for a West Coast team, but it's kind of like, man, I mean, this is, this is the spot where everybody's like, Anthony Lynn sucks, blah, 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 you know? I, I, I kind of wanted the number to be bigger, but... When I saw the six, my eyes lit up, but um, you know, we'll see how it goes.
0: Well, I mean, we touched on it earlier. It's a different handicap when you're playing them as a underdog versus yep. uh, laying eight or nine and a half like they were last week.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so now here we go. San Francisco is going to the Rams. They're coming off the bye. I don't think they're getting that much healthier, but the Rams opened as a seven-point favorite at home, 46.5-point total in the contest. It's still seven. For the Rams, 45-point total. I don't know who's going to play for San Francisco, but I'm on the Niners here. I I don't know why, but I think it's a division game. We like this division road dog situation, this narrative. But more importantly, come on. Like, the Rams are really good. I like them. They don't blow anybody out, though, right now, do they? I mean, they they can play low-scoring games, or they can go up like when they played at Tampa. But I think the Niners will... Just give them a game. It's going to be a slugfest to me, and I think that seven is definitely on the Niners' side.
0: Yeah, I agree. Again, this is another agreement. I think mm-hmm. the Niners are definitely the side here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, if you recall, they they were in a similar spot at home earlier in the season against the Rams, mm-hmm. catching three and a half, I believe. And mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. with all the injuries, they came out and just totally dominated the Rams in San Francisco that night. And uh, I think they're going to get a little bit healthier this week. I'm reading that Debo, Han- uh, Debo Samuel is going to be back okay. this week. And Certainly. they're also going to get back a couple of defensive linemen. Eric Armstead looks like he'll mm-hmm. be back. And the uh, running back, Tevin Coleman. So it's even without Jimmy G, and I think Kittle is definitely still out, they're getting a little bit healthier on that side of the ball. And I think seven points is a lot for this game.
1: Let's do it. I'm going green on this one.
0: All right, on board.
1: <laughs> I think so. I just, it's really interesting how sometimes these games lay out that way. Yeah. Here's an interesting game. Uh, De- uh, New Orleans is going to Denver. You know, Denver has covered some numbers at home, at least, not when we back them. Uh, but they're five and five they open as a five and a half point favorite, New Orleans at Denver, 46 point total. It's up to six in the contest, 43 and a half point total. I do like these Saints. I think they're turning the corner in general. I don't love this um, Denver team. don't love that it's six points, though. I did like five and a half better. I know it sounds strange, but would you still back the Saints in this spot?
0: Yeah, I think uh, for me it's going to be Saints or pass, no doubt. I'm not sure that a Drew Locke offense right now is capable of doing much damage against this new orleans defense which has Mm -hmm. just been playing on another level lately they're now third ranked in dvoa and second against the rush fifth against the pass and uh, i i'm interested in playing a broncos team total under this weekend i like the game under but more really love broncos team total under and i think that laying the points with new orleans is the way to go okay what do you think
1: I do too. I mean, it's one of my picks this week. I mean, you know, it's hard. I've got a few games identified, but at the top of the chart, you know, you look at the index; they're they're way better than than the Broncos. Broncos aren't very good football team. That's why you know it wasn't surprising that they covered against Miami because of the kind of lack of offense for Miami. But the Saints have enough offense, and that defense is shutting people down. So yeah. I don't know if Denver's going to score ten points in this game. To be honest with you,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Agreed.
1: Oh, wow. We're agreeing too much action. Um, okay, so Kansas City against Tampa. Uh, this is should be a laser light show, but we'll see. Kansas City open up as a three-point favorite on the road to Tampa, 54-point total. And in the contest, it's three-and-a-half-point total for Kansas City, 56-point total. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not going to get in front of the Chiefs here. I don't know if I can really back Tampa. I know it's not a prime time spot. That's not what I'm saying. I just um I don't know it's it's they make it three and a half to make it make a decision on it. I do think the Chiefs, I mean, they're really close in the index, to be honest with you. I mean, the Chiefs are the best team in the index by kind of far, but they're not that far off. so I'm a little surprised there's the hook, but I don't think that still entices me enough to take uh, take the box here,
0: yeah. I think you're right on there. It does look like the Chiefs are going to be back to full strength. It sounds like McCole Hardman will be back this week. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm going to question their motivation going into this game. You have a non-conference opponent. The win on Sunday essentially all but locked up the division. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's appearing increasingly less likely that they'll be able to really compete with Pittsburgh for that number one seed to Mm -hmm. get the home field advantage spot. So. I have every expectation that the Chiefs are going to have a letdown on Sunday in this okay. matchup, and uh, I expect that it should be a great game, but mm-hmm. I would only look to the Bucs if we were going to play it.
1: Okay. Yeah, let's stay away. I mean, I, I, I totally get the logic. It makes sense, especially with the hook. I just don't know if I can – I just think that Andy Reid our coach Arians, you know, mm-hmm. we'll see how it goes. But, yeah, field, we've been, you can see a field goal, though. We've
0: been wrong on Bucs games all year, so <laughs> – I'm happy to leave them off. Stay
1: away. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, game near and dear to my heart here. The the Bears are going to Green Bay. They they coming off the bye action, guns ablazing. Seven and a half point favorites were the opener for Green Bay at home. It's up to nine and a half in the contest. God, I mean I get it. I understand why. I can't back the Steelers I mean the uh, Packers at that number. It's way too many points against the Bears. I just oh, don't yeah. know if I have the stomach to to take the Bears for the contest. I mean, I will probably if I got nine and a half in my contest, the home contest, I'll take it with the Bears. But damn, that is a big number.
0: Yeah, and I'm really gonna kind of ask why? Why is the number going? I mean, mm-hmm. it's certainly it's not a move off of the perspective Nick Foles absence, no, is it? At this point, I think going back to Trubisky might be the right move. I sure. mean, at least he can run to save his life. Foles is so immobile, mm-hmm. and he can't hit an open receiver right now to save his life. Right. So I I think the Bears would be the play here, but I uh, I would ha- I would the guy that I'm interested in looking at before playing this game is Akeem Hicks because yeah. if he's out there, he's going to be in Aaron Rodgers' face all night. And sure. you saw this past week with pressure in his face aaron Rodgers is just just not the same quarterback right so if that bears defensive line is healthy and ability to get pressure on him i think they can cover this number more often than not
1: yeah i mean the packers you know this year they've been a really good offense but that's when they're doing both run and pass and if the bears can shut down the run a uh, kicks is huge on that by the way mm-hmm. but if they can shut it down and just make him throw I do like the Bears, especially a nine and a half. But you mentioned, let's see who they have. Let me look at the injury report real quick. If you know, Foles is, you know, did not practice today. He's questionable. Is Trubisky back? Is he officially back? I think so. Okay, mm-hmm. so it is going Trubisky. Again, I, I mean, you know, Mitch. Good God, you know, he's he's broken my heart many a times. But the Bears are known for this. Even when they have, they're actually doing okay this season. But if they're even in crappy seasons, they'll go up to Green Bay and beat this team. It's weird. You know, it's one of those things, like it's the opposite of Minnesota. They can, they can always beat Minnesota at home, not this year, but then they go up to Green Bay and give them a tough game. So mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. going to back in the contest, but I'm definitely personally on you know, the Bears in this one.
0: Yeah, Trubisky listed as probable.
1: Okay, great. Last game, Seattle is going to Philly. Uh, Seattle open as a three-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, 53-point total. It's up to a five-point uh, favorite for Seattle on the road, 50-point total. Ugh. Oh, God! I hate the friggin' Eagles, dude. And I'll tell you this one thing: with my my company, loves the Eagles. Like they sing the fight <laughs> song at the meetings and stuff. And this team stinks. But this is too many points for Seattle, right? I mean, this is wow. is there? Are they really going to cover five points on the road?
0: Wow, I kind of missed the move on this one. I don't really know what's precipitating it. Well, it, to they, be honest, did with they you.
1: switch to hurts or you know? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. I saw there was discussion about it on like some of the media, but I didn't think they actually went all the way to, to Hertz in this one.
0: Huh. Well, um yeah, I'm not really sure. I agree with you right off the bat. I, I liked Seattle quite a bit laying three mm-hmm. in this one, but the move to five certainly is uh is a bit different. Um it looks like Lane Johnson is gonna be questionable okay. as well as Jason Peters. Right. both key offensive linemen and the center Jason Kelsey so that's maybe a part of the reason but uh, also could just have to do with the Eagles performance on Sunday which was yeah, just putrid against the Browns
1: right now we are talking about the uh, <laughs> Seattle's defense is terrible now they played okay mm-hmm. against um, against Kyler Murray but they still gave up their points so what about the total in this one
0: Yeah, I mean, I would have to think that over has got to be the play, although you've seen the move from 53 down to 50 already, Mm -hmm. which correlates with the side move there. Yep. Um, Seattle's defense is actually not bad against the Rush, eighth-ranked. It's really the pass where they're giving up gobs of yardage, and I'm not really sure that Carson Wentz is capable of taking advantage of that right now.
1: No, I mean, they're 26th in yards per game, the Eagles are, and, 22nd in points yeah it'd be an interesting game I, I just don't love that that uh side five points is a lot of points for seattle in this game a road team that you know they've played pretty well on the road i guess they you know, they won at miami that was an interesting game and they've played okay in years past like last year they were great on the road but i don't know maybe it's a stay away force action I think so. If we can stay away from sun you know, I enjoyed those games so much more this week when we didn't take Sunday night and Monday night football.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> okay, great. Well let's review uh, as we go into the circa picks um, for week twelve, not week eleven. Um, we've got it is week twelve, right? I- Correct. okay. Week twelve. <laughs> so um, last week go- last week of the third quarter. That's right. That's right. Did I okay? Yeah, the last week of the third quarter. That's right. We gotta turn it to the fourth. So, you know, we, we went three and two last week. We had a pretty good week. Um, you know, after 11 weeks, uh, you know, we're a little over 500, which I know is better than last year. So, I mean, we're doing better than last year. We're up to 932nd place after that dip the week before. We're probably out for the third quarter action, even if we go undefeated. So, mm-hmm. we won't even mention that. But we, it seems like we're on some similar games here. Uh, Saints, you know, obviously on the road. Uh, I guess we are, we are they up to six? Is that what it was? Or is it five? Yeah. Okay. Six there. It uh, looks like we're both on uh, San Francisco getting points um, at at L. A. Getting seven points. Mm-hmm. Um, we we have to talk about the Washington game, but we're both on the Falcons, or was that a maybe for us? Yep. Okay. Correct. Both no, three of the both Falcons. Like and then some of our maybes, which that may be one of them, <laughs> the Atlanta special. Um, we're talking about maybe Cincinnati uh, getting six points at home against the Giants. Arizona covering on the road two and a half at New England and then those Chargers oh those Chargers give me the Maylocks buddy five and a half Mm -hmm. point dogs on the road at Buffalo but we we have a case there right yeah yeah I certainly
0: think that the number is good and uh, we also had a highlight on Tennessee
1: oh okay catching the
0: three in the division game that's
1: right that's right certainly a lot more contested in that one I guess but um true yeah, I feel like we we definitely have the makings of getting some picks here. Um, I think we're are on the same side on some, and more importantly, some of these numbers. I'm not saying they don't make sense, but we're kind of looking at the number. I guess we could probably talk through, you know, on Saturday whenever we're going to talk about the contrarian picks. We've kind of been pretty good the last couple weeks, even when we did have, had a terrible week <laughs> uh, to not mm-hmm. pick the main what everybody else is picking, and it's kind of helped us ultimately keep stay up in some somewhat in the standings.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, now getting to the point in the season where the contrarian picks do go a lot further. If we can avoid the uh, the heavy picked games, we can make up some ground yeah. against our competitors.
1: And in the last at least three four weeks, it seems like the consensus picks are all favorites. I mean, they're still going favorites, mm-hmm. and I don't know who's picking exactly, but it seems like everybody's maybe going to safety. I don't really know what they're thinking. We still look at the numbers. We're trying to pick underdogs. You know, Action loves the dogs. But, I mean, for me, it's just kind of sometimes it's glaring. You know, why are we – pick all favorites. I mean, some of these numbers that Circa puts out there are really tough to hit.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but I think that uh... – If we build some momentum here in week Mm twelve, we can carry that into the fourth quarter and hopefully close strong and have a chance at the quarter and maybe even get into the money.
1: Yeah, I've been trying to track, you know, trying to get in the top fifty. You know, we're a few picks back, but you know, we can we can make up ground. You know, we made up a a pick last week or two picks last week. So it's just the one we had the zero and five that kind of hurt us. So right. Mm-hmm. All right, well, it wraps up the episode. Uh, you know, thanks everybody for listening. Let's let's get some comments. I did see a comment out there. Thank you. You know, a like, subscribe, tell your grandma, tell, tell everybody a Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner. It's time to listen to the Side Action podcast. Follow us at Side Action Pod on Twitter and YouTube, and follow me at Wegspool on Twitter and Instagram. And
0: follow me on Twitter at Thirty One Roberts.
1: All right. Well, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Enjoy the football that you have, and uh, good luck at at the book.
0: Yeah, stay safe with the family, and hopefully we can pick out some winners both tomorrow and Sunday for everybody this week.
1: That's right. Absolutely. All right. Take care.
0: That's a wrap for this episode of the Side Action Podcast. We appreciate all of your listens and thank you for joining us. We'll see you all again next week on Thursday for some more hot picks and side action.